Life can get pretty complicated. In the Simply Practically Human podcast, Mark LeBusque talks to incredible humans to see the way forward more clearly through the complexity in the world and in our heads. Let's get ready to thrive. Mark LeBusque, there is something quite becoming when a lad is just sitting there with a guitar strap hanging over his shoulder like that. You might have to take that off so I can concentrate. No, you'll be okay. It doesn't mean there's a guitar underneath it. It just means that there's a guitar strap there. So, uh, <laughs> Tiff Cook, thank you. It's uh, it's a Saturday afternoon and we're having a chat. I know this may, may not turn up on a Saturday afternoon, but it's great to chat. Oh, it's been a while. I mean, again, you've just been cruising around in the hammock, <laughs> poolside, and you're looking real guilty right now because you'd like to argue the point, but you know it's true. You do live a good life. Um. Yeah, I do, but I think part of, and I'm guilty as charged, I've been up at one of my happy places, the Alicia Wellness Retreat up in the Hunter Valley, up there for the week, both as a guest and a um, as a facilitator. And uh, I know I've just introduced you today to the um, MD, CEO up there. Yeah, I just Mel, saw that. I just saw Melissa, that. I'm quite Melissa excited. Melissa Ingram. Now, Mel is, I've known Mel for 10 years, and as I say in that note, she's basically saved my life for me from from being a burnt out, Corporate fat bag. No, I wasn't a toss bag. I was when I look at the photos of me then, I just thought I was a big boned lad. (laughs) But uh, I may may have been something else. And I was in denial about how strung out I was. But yeah, went back, went there the first time in the first weekend in October 2014. And now I've been back there at least 12 to 15 times. And 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 beautifully now is that we've created this um this thing for blokes called Fortress Man. And the idea being that we're trying to help blokes to deconstruct the fortress that they've built around themselves to protect them. But I also said to the guys in the room that one of the things you do un- unwittingly as well is you actually trap other people in your fort. So um, we had three days, two hours a day, and like I've come back totally inspired. I can't wait to do the next one in April because like the guys in the room were pretty hard-assed, um, pretty successful guys running their own businesses, or part of another business. And like I'm getting bloody goosebumps now thinking about the conversations that we had and and the breakthroughs they made, the vulnerability they showed. And I gotta say it was funny because I, I actually went a bit Gordon Ramsay on them too. <laughs> so it just like I'm so fired up about helping blokes to sort through shit they don't want to sort through. And um and it was just like it was amazing. It was, I still sort of going like, holy shit. But anyway, we'll be back again. And um, yeah, so I've been up there. Um, I've been traveling around a bit in Latrobe Valley next week, Port Douglas for a week off in about three weeks. I need another week off after having a week off. <laughs> oh, You've got to practice life design. You know what it was like. You went to Vietnam and now you want to do more of that. And I'm sure that you will. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, look, it's been been a good week. Yeah, you've got some big stuff in the pipeline, eh? Yeah, I have. Like any organisation, whether they be big or small, like mine's a small organisation, but nine years in, it was my nine-year anniversary two weeks ago. Oh, was it? Yeah. Congrats. What are you going to do next year on the Big Ten? I don't know. You have um, to celebrate that, surely. Have the 10th birthday party. I might have to have a little party around here in the in that little backyard tranquility oh, that we've yeah. created now. Um, I'll get an invite. I'll be checking oh, you my will. mail. You'll get an invite. I was actually thinking the other day, I reckon we should just get you around and 
gear you around before that and just come around and meet the fam at some stage and sit around and after we box, after we've done boxing. Because my my um my Zoe and my wife Alison, they go boxing every Saturday morning over in Brunswick. So I think I think they'd love to meet you. Um so yeah, no, look, there's lots of things going on. There's no there's always discomfort with change. So um I'm going down the pathway of, of hiring a business manager and I've appointed someone in, someone that, that I trust dearly. Her name is Mel Kenter, and I used to work with her, and she's going to absolutely hold me to account and hold my feet to the fire so I don't just go fl- flittering and fluttering around like we can do, can't we, Tiff, when we have our oh. own business and we do things that we love doing. Yep, I Maybe know. Maybe not the things we, we don't do. Hey, just quickly before I go on, a quick shout-out to um, Mark and Rocky and Mike and Andrew and Wade and they were the guys in the room who did the Fortress Man. Uh, amazing, amazing dudes. And then um, some other people I met up there just last week was Jackie. There was Antonia. There was Maddie. There was Renee. The funny thing about that place, Tiff, is like every time you go, you just make the most amazing connections over. I usually go for seven days, but I was there for five. You make the most amazing connections because everyone's there to, I'm going to use this word and I don't know what it means, better themselves. So um, yep. good yep. on you, folk. I love it. I can't wait to be there. I, I can see you doing the Saturday night. They usually have a, they have a, a keynote, um, a guest speaker every Saturday night, and you they'll love you up there. Like the actual crew there will love you as well. You remind me of one of the girls up there, Adrienne. She's um, very much like you, and some others as well. Tanya, Mel's a lot like you, but I reckon you'll hit it off beautifully. Does anyone ever say that to you? And for a moment, you f- you think to yourself, "Wonder what that means." What they're a lot like you. I wonder what they're like if they're a a lot like me. Well, I can tell you, they're um, they're fierce. Well, like that. Determined, and they're they're fit as like they are super fit. Like every time I see them, I'm like, holy shit! And (laughs) they know that their their work in progress. Even though they work there, they know their work in progress, and they get in and do the work. And I guess what they do really well is they walk their talk. Mm. And you do that too. I do my very best. I am also, Mark LeBust, I am also making some changes in this next 12 months starting now. Wow, do tell. Yeah. Well, the next 12 months I'm I'm clearing up a bit of time for a few things. One of those things is just to focus on speaking and events because I just really drop that by the wayside and kind of, tinker what comes comes along but don't and I love it so much so I'm, I'm creating space for that so fairly soon very very soon in the not too distant future I'll be dropping from five podcasts a week it's already dropped down to four but I'm going to drop that to likely two maximum three if there's still a short version one but probably two episodes a week for for a while and yeah I'm excited I've um I'm stepping out of my current business networking group and just focusing on some other areas. And then I've got another project happening, but I'm not ready to talk about that yet. But I've got another, I've made another exciting decision that I'm making space for and I'll share that with you soon. But it's going to make the next year look a whole lot different. And I was ready for that. I came back from Vietnam feeling like things had shifted and I couldn't figure out what. And when that happens, there's just an inability to go back to the way you were. So I kind of had this this itch and this unrest 
but I didn't know what to do with it. And I, th- I reckon a little bit of friction too, or a lot of friction, friction in kind of realizing that oh, I've got to change and I don't know how to change, but I'm making all the excuses and I'm the boss and I'm the only one stopping the change and the change needs to happen. And kind of, there was a lot of friction for a while there. Yep. So first of all, kudos, bravo to you because um, like that's so cool. And, you know, the the ability to step away from something that you've been doing for a long time and, you know, you've created the volume in your potties. Like I'm, my volume is nowhere near yours. I was two a week and I've gone now to one a fortnight. Oh, wow. Because that's yeah. the time that I want to put into it. And um, what you're doing is leadership. It's it's stepping into an uncomfortable space. The, the, the most important work that you should be doing right now, I read a quote the other day, you said, is the work you are most likely avoiding. And then what you've done is gone, nah, I'm not avoiding that now, even though the tension that it's creating is, you know, we've done immunity to change, the fear of, you know, letting go, maybe identity, maybe, you know, I'm known for this, this is what I do. Um, so everything you're doing is what you talk to other people about doing. So I think mm. it's cool. You should feel a bit frightened. Mm. But how good is it when you feel frightened but you feel excited at the same time? Yeah, and you know how I've been a bit, you know, I, work, I, I have clients every day, seven days a week. And yeah. I'm like, I can't, have, I can't have a day off, can't have a day off. And some people are like, and I can't have weekends off because – got a few few of my clients on weekends and they're they're good. And as this whole decision was coming about, I was like, well, even when I if I think of completely solving any of the excuses I have, then there's the whole, but I love those people on those days and I don't want to not have them. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't want to not see them and, and train them. And anyway, when I uh stepped out of the networking, which is on Fridays, I have no Friday morning clients as a result. I've only got an afternoon group, which is really, really fun, but that's not till 5 p.m. So this this Friday, I, I just chilled out all day. I was like, you know what? This is my day off. And the test came. The real test came. I went, all right, that's it. This is officially my day off aside from that one afternoon client. It's a whole day. And I just I didn't do anything. I just lazed around. I chilled out. I went for walks. But then I got a message from someone who I'd spoken to in the gym a couple of weeks ago and they said, oh, remember me? Spoke to you about me and my daughter coming in and doing some training. What about this Thursday? And with one of my new things coming up, Monday, Monday, Wednesday and Thursday afternoons are going to be allocated for that specific thing for me. And so I was like, ah, oh, sorry, I can't. And I'm, already, I'm only in the gym two afternoons, Tuesdays and Fridays. And Fridays is that one group with the with the fun. And Tuesdays I've got clients all the other time, so they couldn't have that time. I was like, all I've got is the Friday. Yep. And I was just like, I didn't offer it to them. I was like, nah, I've got nothing. And you know what? Mike, they found another time. They found a time pro- during the day on a different called, day. It's called progress. If it's called the ability to say no, now now I love it. You give me so much ammunition when you say things. So is oh, here's the first one. Oh. And I want people to think about this. This is a quote straight from this is a Lebuskism. <laughs> doing nothing is doing something. Mm. So you were doing something, mm. and this idea that I was doing nothing is a myth because. Sitting in silence, relaxing, reflecting, whatever you're doing, I'm not doing anything. It doesn't have to equate to 
activity as in we we thinking oh, I should have been training someone or I should have been doing this or I should have been I was doing nothing I think that's some of the best time I, I just think we've got to start to embrace the fact that doing nothing is doing something mm-hmm. so well done for the fact that you can do that and you can sit there and because I have I have most Fridays off recently things have got a bit manic so I've been doing a few Fridays but pretty much most of the year I've had Fridays off and and you can go I'm not doing much I'm doing nothing but I think that's part of our ability to recharge. Mm-hmm. And and I think the other thing is to set some boundaries. And and I wanted to add in here, I'm gonna I've read these two amazing books written by the same authors. I'm gonna have a crack at saying their names, they're Japanese. Ashiro or Achiro Kashimi and Fumitake Koga. And they've written these two books. The first one is called The Courage to Be Disliked. And the second one is called The Courage to Be Happy. And one of the things that you just said then, and I'm just going to quote something out of their book here, the second book, The Courage to Be Happy, approval of others is after approval of self. And, and their message through both of the books is that it all starts with self, loving self, love others, serving self, serving others. But we are hardwired in a way to be liked and to be accepted and all those things. So we spend so much time in trying to seek and gain and influence the approval of others and we don't spend the time on self. So my thinking about what you're saying, my reflection is that you are very much stepping into the self-approval, the self-love, the self-acceptance, all of the self-regulation, the boundaries and all those things. It's going to make you much more effective in serving others. So well done. Thank you. And, you know, I'm actually in the middle of a really good audio book you'd love to. It's kind of the same topic. It's called, and I've talk, spoke about it a couple of times, it's called Not Nice by Dr. Aziz Gazapura. Brilliant book. I'm absolutely loving it. And the part I'm at at the moment talks a lot about, and it gives great examples. It's really, it's one of those books that I'll have to, I'll probably have to buy it in physical form because it's got a lot of um, strategies and tools and exercises, right? It's one of those books that you get to on audiobook and you're like, ah, shit. Yeah. Right, listening I, I to this while I'm out for a walk's not going to. I don't survive. do audio books at all. I've got my books are all dog eared and they're written in. And that's what I did today. I sat down, we don't usually prepare, but I thought, you know what? I'm going to have a crack at preparing today. <laughs> Holy shit, what's going on with me? Um, <laughs> and then I've just written down some things out of both books. The other thing I wrote down is it's easier to be the way one already is. So whatever that is that we've all created, our identity and how yeah. we turn up and that. I mean, you know, this sits beautifully with what you're doing right now because you are you are work, you're not taking the easy option now. And nor nor am I with what I'm what I'm doing, but kudos. I wanted to tell you something else too, because some of your listeners, I know they're in my demographic. They start with a five in their in their age group. <laughs> I've just spent the last hour or two listening to Huey Lewis and the news. How's this band for a name from the eighties and nineties, the Hooters? Little River Band, Glenn Fry, Bob Seger. I've just been listening to all of this um, lovely music. Anyway, that's got nothing to do with what we're talking about. So where do we go? Where are we going from here? <laughs> okay. So let me just play around with some other things out of this book because of these books because it doesn't actually happen. But I reckon I was flying back yesterday from Sydney and I sent you the photo of the chair that hadn't been <laughs> Did they reclined. wind it back? No, they, they didn't because I – I, I as they went to sit down, he sort of looked at me, and I thought he was coming into my seat, the guy in front, and he and he put his bag up next to mine, and he looked at me, and I said, "Are you a recliner?" 
Did you he, really? Yep, yep. And he just looked at me and he goes, nah, mate, not, not enough short at all. And I go, okay, I know someone that is. I asked him, like, and, and you know why I asked him the question? Because it was like, I, the, the, there was a question, but it really wasn't a question. It was a, it was an instruction. Bloody statement. A statement. Now, I'm not having him reconning me. So I'm reading my book and it's like I'm getting punched in the face by this book and I'm reading it. And the guy next to me is like, what's going on, mate? And I go, well, these words keep coming off the page. And there was this, there was this bit in there about the three stories that we carry. And maybe we can play around with this a little bit, use some of our own examples. And, and maybe others can be thinking about it when they're walking around the tan or whatever they're doing. The three stories. Number one story is poor me. Okay. Number two story is that bad person. And then the number three story is what should I do now? So what do you reckon as human beings of those three stories, where do you reckon we start our work? In general, collectively. Yeah, or you or wish. and me. Hmm. So these questions like this are where I, it's like it's hard to go, well, I know what the answer is, but what's the reality? Yeah. Well, probably. <laughs> probably? Oh. If you say probably, that's like shoulda, woulda, coulda, might, maybe. No, it's just, just giving me leeway to get it wrong because I'm trying to have an objective opinion of me when uh, I can't. Right. Bloody Mark's got his fucking whip out, everyone. Look out. No, it's the guitar <laughs> strap, actually. It's not a whip, it's a guitar strap. <laughs> thought you were going to sing me a few lines of three oh, I might, around me. But I might didn't. do some Johnny Cash later on. No, look out. Burning Ring of Fire. I don't know. Be false in prison blues, not the Burning Ring of Fire. That was that was the other day after I was eating the food at Alicia that helps you to, to purge. It's very nice food, by the way. It's like you start to, your taste buds all come back to you after three or four days. It's amazing. So what do you reckon? Come on, we're, we're, we're dancing around this like a duck on a fucking hot plate. Yeah, I know, because I always feel like you want to drag me through the mud. Well, do you want me to go first? Yeah. Right, so I reckon I've danced between one and two, depending upon the situation. When COVID hit, number one was massive. Poor me, poor me. My business is going to go to shit because I can't be in the room anymore. Get in the corner and suck your thumb in the fetal position for a while, for two weeks. So you know, went straight there because that was easy. That was easy to do that. Instead of going to three, what should I do now? I was too scared to ring my clients because I thought they'd tell me that it was all over. So they actually rang me and said, where are you, mate? <laughs> said, under the table. <laughs> Sucking me thumb in the fetal position. Um, that bad person, I reckon there was a bit of that in the corporate world if I didn't get my way, particularly if it was around a promotion or, you know, I remember not getting invited a couple of times to, they used to have these offsite, yearly offsites with the top 50. Mm. And I didn't make the top 50 managers and, um, my boss was that bad person <laughs> because I didn't get didn't. And it's very easy to do. It's so, so easy to just go, oh, poor me, or that person did that thing to me. And I've, I've practiced that a lot, but I try these days and I don't always get it right is to go to number three, like, what should I do now? Like, is it a conversation with that bad person? Is it a conversation with myself? Is it just sitting with the discomfort of what's going on? Because perhaps there isn't a what should I do now in regards to knowing what the answer is. I'm going to have to work through it. I'm going to have to walk through quicksand, as I call it. So I've practiced one and two 
a lot. This is where I reckon I got I get tripped up in in answering that question is recently, so I look back at some of the big times in my life where I can apply that, COVID obviously, uh, times when I was made redundant or times when kind of shit's hit the fan and I bounced back real quick. Like COVID hit, I was like, yep, good, fucking let's get on with it, let's do this, we'll do this and like, let's just pretend that the worst things happen, let's pretend that that's absolutely going to be the result. So what, can I, what are we going to do now? And great stuff came from it. And similarly, I look back at other times in life where that's happened, but but what happened, and I've spoken about it a couple of times, is just fairly recently I pulled myself up and realised that I've almost done a backflip. I've gone to question number three and then I've quietly, secretly, unbeknownst to myself, dragged, well, definitely number two and number one along for the ride and held on to that story. So I'm telling this story to the world and myself and I believe it, but also subconsciously I was holding on to that and I was like, hang on. And it was draining the silver lining away. It was like kind of making that smaller and smaller, sucking the life out of it. So that was interesting to notice. Great reflection of I'm projecting to the world number three, but I'm in conflict with myself because number one and number two keep showing up. And that's, again, let's go back to our hard wiring. Like it's much easier to sit in the bad news filing cabinet because it's got eight drawers because 80% of our thoughts are negative Mm -hmm. and two drawers of the positive one. And then just spending a bit more time, what I call focusing on the green rather than focusing on the red. But, you know, you, you said it, there's tension now for you. You said, I'm in tension. There's conflict with what's going on with what's happening now. So just for instance, for both of us, as we make changes to our, our business models, our little voice, that little thing I introduced you to that time that you already knew that was there, the moment that something goes not even 1% not right, it'll be say, come over here, come over to number one and number two, mm-hmm. find <laughs> a way, find a way to... Have a pity party, Tiff. Mm. Maybe someone sends you an email and goes, oh, Tiff, I'm really upset now that you're not doing five podcasts a week. Oh, fuck, I better do it again because, or that bad person sent me that and now they've, oh, I better go back there because that's what they want. Whereas I think what's going to happen is you're going to end up in, as in what should I do now? Now I'm going to focus on my speaking and I'm going to step into that space because I love it. And you said that before, why shouldn't we do what we love? You're going to impact on more people now. Mm. but it's just going to, we're all going to have to go through a period of, I don't know. I'm not quite sure what's going to happen when I do what I do now. And I reckon that's the, that's where leadership sits in that space of not knowing. I reckon when we're chatting in 12 months time, I'll be like, fuck, it was hard, but oh, how Mm. good does it feel? (laughs) Just thinking the other day was the idea around when we have, no choice like choice is is such a privilege when we when we have choices like what a blessing to be able to be in a world where we can choose when mm. we have the the agency and ability to do that but also sometimes that can be the biggest problem so when i had no choice i accepted i made an acceptance of the worst possible outcome and then just did something yep then when that something goes all right and then it pitters out and becomes the new normal, 
then there's choice. Well, I can choose to keep doing this, but now any choice I make could change the trajectory of this. So here I am not failing, not on my ass, not sitting in the middle of the worst possible outcome that I said that I was most comfortable with and that was fine. Now I have choices and sometimes that's even harder because we all have choices. It's just the fact that making them that get makes us accountable. I'm about to make a choice and it was a choice that I was not prepared to make for the last three years because I'd, I'd thought about what I wanted and what was important to me and I'd made that choice and now those choices have changed and it's terrifying. My curiosity is around the statement and perhaps put some context around it, I had no choice because I think I had no choice is choosing. Can you share a bit more? Is there anything more that you can share there? Like I was in a situation at that time where I had no choice. I had to do what I was doing. But I think that's a choice. Yeah, and you're probably very right with that. Of course, I had choices. Stop. Hey, listen. Stop with the fucking P word. Probably. Just let you, leaving it open for, you know, there's no answers, Mark Lebask. Right. No answers so, in this world. To, Quite for those, because I, I think I've been there. I think I had no choice. Aligns beautifully with number one. Poor me. And I've been there as well. So I don't get to choose. This is done for me, or done to me. I don't have a choice. So poor me. I've been there. What do you reckon? Well, this was, and this is the thing where that story comes in. When I reflected and went, I've said for the last however long. This happened to me. This is what they did. This is what was taken from me. This is what I lost. This is how I was done wrong by. Mm. And and then I was like, no, no, no. I made a choice and out of the two choices I could make, I chose the best possible choice by far that the outcome has been tenfold better than it could have been expected. I'm That was a choice I made. And I chose the best thing. And I'm not celebrating. I'm having a pity party. And look, I shouldn't be as flippant because there are times I think there are some shit things going on in the world right now where there'll be some people who don't have a choice. Like there there are things that are happening that are being done to them and they don't have a choice. So I don't want to I don't want to be absolute on this. However, with that example, you'd like to borrow the word probably out of my vocabulary just for this sentence, then feel free. I'll let you borrow it for a moment. I am a probably free zone. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Think about that, folks. Probably free zone. Next time you use the P word, little Mark, little Mark will be sitting on your shoulder going, don't use the P word. Be a bit more decisive. And you might say, I don't know, or I do know, or I will do this, or I won't do this. Not probably. I don't think I have any awareness on just how much I use that word. I do. So that'll be interesting. And hello to those people who come and work with me, and then they walk out going, I... You bastard, I will never forget the P word ever again because (laughs) um, my attention to detail, Tiff, is pretty shit except for one word when I hear it. And people, when they say it, they think I haven't picked it up and I'll turn around and go, really? Probably. And they're like, how did you pick that up? And I go, because it's a word that it's like, sorry, I'm sorry to say that. (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, the P word. You've said it uh, six times today so far. Ooh, I probably have too. Um, that's being smart now. <laughs> so, what about that bad person? So that can even be us. We could even be telling us that that little story. Yeah. Mm. What's your that bad person story? Oh, about me? Well, geez. Let me just file through the bad news filing cabinet. Um, <laughs> bad dad. Oof. Allison, do you remember when the kids were swimming and playing tennis? No, I don't because I wasn't there ever. Maybe once or twice reluctantly because I was too busy being a fucking corporate warrior. So there's that one. I think that's a big one for me. That bad person was bad dad mm-hmm. and bad partner for not supporting Alison through those years where the kids were, you know, maybe from seven or eight to teenage years where they were going down to Epping and playing tennis and, and going swimming and doing band and whatever else they were doing. So I think that was it for me. Mm. What do you do with that? What do I do with it? Mm. Um the first thing I do with it is I say, what should I do now? That's what I say now. And I go, well, I can't do anything to change that, but I can do things now to make that better, whatever better is. I always say that, whatever better is. So I'd like to think that what can I do now is I need to acknowledge that that's in my bad news filing cabinet under the file that says Mark, and then there's a subfile that says bad dad. And just go. That's there. I can't. Ch- I, I could. I could take the file out and I could shred it. And if I could physically shred that file, but I can't emotionally shred that file because it'll come back. And I'll go. Well, it is what it is. How do we know in instances like this? How do we know whether or not we need to dig around to? a reason or an origin as to what, or an understanding around. So when do we just need to acknowledge and go, okay, that's a thing, park that there, like kind of have, or when do we know when we need to go, all right, I actually need to dig around there and make amends with that and do a bit of self-exploration as to at the time, is there something I need to know about me? Why do I do that? Yeah, I think there's a wonderful thing that can happen between human beings called feedback. And feedback can be non-verbal, verbal, it can be timely and it can be clear and all that sort of stuff. So being reminded of that as much as it's uncomfortable is a good way for me to then go, well, I'm not just acknowledging it, but I'm others are acknowledging it. And then how do I change my behavior in order to, which is what should I do now that doesn't mirror that behavior? And I might even be thinking, is there a story behind that behavior that made me behave that way? And when I think about that, there isn't because my parents, God rest both of their souls, could not have done enough for me in regards to my, which were sporting pursuits. So footy, cricket, basketball, they were at everything. Um, and my dad ran a building company. So there's no excuses. It's no like it, this is, it happened to me. So I'm rolling this one out. I'm just passing it down the generations. So there's there's those conversations which could go into the first one. Poor me, I I experienced that, or that bad person. My parents did that to me. Neither of which are true. So then you've just got to live with it and go. 
I'm going to acknowledge that I wasn't at my best in those years, but I have an opportunity to make amends for that. And I'd like to think, and I, I think I know this, that I have a very strong, solid relationship with 30-year-old Sam, 28-year-old Amy, and 25-year-old Zoe, and that could have been different. Mm. So I, I, I'm going to say this. I think there's a thing called forgiveness there that's coming from them to go, we forgive you for that. And I think that's important because if they didn't and if they chose to hold a story of, if their story was number two, that bad person in brackets, dad, well, then we couldn't move to step three, which is what what should what should I, what should we do now? Mm. Mm. Feeling a bit bloody, got a little bit of a lumpy, lumpy thing going on in my throat as I'm talking about this. <laughs> well, it's a big one. Mm. It's very vulnerable. But, but I'm not dwelling on it. Like, seriously, I'm talking about it because I think it's quite a good thing to talk about, but... You know, oh yeah, I think a lot of us, I think we dwell like it's, you know what, it's much better now, but I, I wish I could fix that. Well, guess what, Mark? You fucking can't. The thing oh, that, is. As in C-A-N-T. <laughs> <laughs> What's beautiful about it, even just acknowledging how you feel about it right now is that most of the time when we feel that, it's so uncomfortable that we get defensive even just with ourselves, right? So yep. you feel like that and you quickly revert to, why you had to be that way and and justifying it. And in doing that, the part of you that knows, that still feels that discomfort is only getting more bad mark under the surface. And I think that's why that approval of self piece is so important. I've, you know, I've got to approve of me. I've got to also live with the the things that I've done that make me the bad person. Mm. But accepting self, loving self, Acknowledging and appreciating self, these are all things that are really important. And I think, well, like I do a lot of that these days and, and I, I sort of practice it. I will, I will have that conversation every day with myself about something that I love about myself and appreciate about myself. And I was working with the guys up there every day. I've got these little thank you cards that are, it says a very human moment. Thank you. It's a blank card. I take him into the room and the boys, first thing they had to do was write, write yourself a thank you note right now. And they were just like, oh, fucking hell. Don't know when I did that last time. But by day three, the, the difference in the the depth of their thank yous to themselves versus a, I'm going to call it a superficial thank you. Thanks for being a good bloke. <laughs> to something a bit deeper, which I won't go into because I don't think that's appropriate. But like when you... Uh, focused on this stuff and you practice it as something that you do every day. And I encourage anyone, not just men to do this, but put a story in your good news filing cabinet and under the file that has your name on it, under the folder that says appreciation and acknowledgement, drop a little story in there every day. What am I proud of about me? And it makes a big difference. Mm. Deep today. Very deep. That's why we love you, Mark. Well, I, you know, I just want to be approved by others. <laughs> You're just seeking approval. Well, maybe I, I am. Maybe this is manipulation, but uh, I hope that your listeners don't believe that because this is hard work. Like to actually love and approve and appreciate and acknowledge self, this is hard work. But I actually sit, I sit in the comfortably uncomfortable circle now and I'm, 
I'm actually very, very happy to sit there. And when I tell people that I'm fucking awesome at creating space where people can be open and feel safe to say stuff, they just go, yeah, you are. And I'm like, I know I am. And they're like, how can you say that? And I go, because I fucking know it. Because I do it every day. Mm. And I don't think I'm up myself. But, geez, I'll tell you what, it's a the feeling of when you can say that without without the fear. If someone said, well, no, you're not. I haven't seen that yet, dickhead. <laughs> I'd, I'd be okay. I'd actually be okay with that. All right, that's okay. Well, that's your perspective and we're both right. So let's. Let's accept that rather than me then trying to seek their approval by trying harder, as we do, I think, I better fucking try harder because Tiff said I'm a knuckle dragon oxygen thief. I'm like, no, I'm just going to keep doing what I do and maybe Tiff will come around, but that's up to her. I can't control that. But if I try too hard, and I think a lot of us are tryhards. I've been one. Mm-hmm. Try to impress. Mm. It's It's really challenging doing this work on us, with us, being us in the middle of humanity with the people around us who aren't necessarily part of the work. I think we've talked about this before when I've Mm. talked about you doing the work and your marriage and your family, you know, like when you are getting awareness. I know for me some of those tougher, more vulnerable conversations with harps as we started working together and happening to have conversations, you know, I would I would spend so much time thinking and trying to get perspective on what am I feeling, what do I ne- what needs to be said, and what's my stuff, and what's valid, what's his stuff, and what's the outcome, and what's a projection, and what's like what really needs to be said. Because boundaries, me and boundaries, what the fuck's a boundary, Mark? Boundary? Isn't that something? Mm. Bloody, aren't there umpires or something that run around boundaries? I don't know. I think you're right. They're the aren't they the white lines on the field? Yeah, that's the one. So trying to do this work if you don't know what boundaries are and where and where you have a right to have them makes this even more complex because it's like, oh, hang on, if I feel like this and then I can start to address, do a deep dive and address what, what do I need and then what do I need to say and how do I say it and then what's going to come up for the other person that I'm not responsible for if I'm expressing my needs right but then there's going to be a part of me that still wants to be a people pleaser or still fears part of the book I'm in not nice at the moment he's talking a lot about being assertive and and giving really great examples and when i think of that when i when i visualize it as i'm hearing it i'm like yeah that's quite foreign just to be matter of fact and assertive not not me not not nasty not shit just saying what needs to be said you know that i'm a student i've spoken about this before i'm a student of adaptive leadership and one of their big things is that we need to say what needs to be said, not what we think wants to be heard or what mm. or what other people want to hear. And um, like that's scary as all get out, but Jesus, it's liberating when it happens. Mm. Like, you know, um, the boys in the room in in uh, on the Hunter Valley, they were like, mate, you're, you're like fucking Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> and I go, what do you mean? Because you just say stuff. But, you know, when you say it, we know that it's being said for the right reasons, and and even even some of their reactions, like there's one guy's like, so, what's the answer? And I mean, what do you mean? He goes, I'm getting you, but I'm not. I, you're not giving me the answer. And I said, well, that's not my fucking job, mate. <laughs> that's your job to go and seek the answer, and you know what the answer is, but you want the easy way out. 
And and you could just see he looked at me and he it was a light bulb for him. And he said to me later on, yeah, no one's ever said that to me before. And I go, well, it comes from a place of goodness. Mm-hmm. However, you know, we know, most of us have the capacity and the capability to do the heavy lifting and do the hard work and whatever that is. But then we've got this thing working against us. It's like it's easier to be the way we already are. Mm-hmm. I need to seek the approval of others. Therefore, I won't be honest and assertive and say the things that are going to help them. And like for me these days, I'm just like, they might not feel it right in the moment. I know that because you see the looks on the faces. Mm-hmm. Yet, and like, I don't really like that, but I'm going to then explain to them so they can make sense of what's going on. Mm. You go, I'm going to now give you the sense-making piece of this. This is why I'm going to provoke you. This is why I'm going to hold your feet to the fire because you're taking the easy path and you're going to be able to go with one or two here or me or that bad person. And it's so cool when they, like there was lots of hugging going on in the room. It was like, and and what was really interesting, there were two guys that came along who'd known each other for over 30 years. And at the end of six hours, so three two-hour sessions, they were like, I found things that about you in the last three days that I did not know. And like, we are mates of 33 years. And I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. Kaboom. Yeah. That's so cool. Like I'm still like quite emotional about the impact that that had. And I'm going, fuck, this is the work. Mm. And then you know what you do? You put a little good news story in the filing cabinet to go, I may have created, no, not may, I created a moment for these two Mm. that is going to enhance their relationship. They were actually sharing things with each other like, I've never told you this, but, and then bang. And it's like, fucking how good is that? Because you know what? I bet you they've been hanging on for that. I'm not going to tell you what you need to hear. Mm. I'm going to tell you what I think you want to hear because I'm worried that I won't get your approval. I'm like, ugh, I feel like I'm, you know, when you get so, it's like, I feel like I'm going to be sick right now because I'm like, fucking hell. That was how it felt when it was going on. Oh, that's so good. I love it though. It's it's really powerful. Mm. I reckon you should take us out with a, with a, with a few, you know, a bit of a ditty. I don't think I can after all of that. Oh, come on, Marky. Hang on a minute. I've got to try and get me little cord out of my way here. See if I can do something. This is like fucking scaring the shit out of me. <laughs> I hear that train coming. It's rolling around the bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know where. Since I'm stuck in Folsom Prison. And some keeps dragging on. Oh, I missed it. On. I'm going to leave it at that because I'm really fucking nervous now. What the voice on you? Have I am you? not. I am not the other Mark. I'm a bit excited. I've got two Marks that can hold a tune. Yeah, I can actually sing a bit. But wow, uh, we. There you go. Maybe guitar, next time because because get... your Mark's um, directional or whatever it's called didn't pick up on much of the guitar though. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's almost yeah. It's almost like I'm singing almost without just, the guitar. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> Mm. I wasn't going to tell you in the middle of it. Hey, it's been great. 
What I a beauty. absolutely love chatting with you, honestly. Thank you. No, happy days. And this is um, why we're going to keep chatting. And uh, everyone out there, no poor me, no bad person. Just what should I do now? Signing off, Tiff. Thank you. Thank you.